Hey y'all, it's your host Jonah B and welcome back to another episode of True Crime-ish where we try to tell the crimes as true as possible around here. With today being 9-11, I just want us all to just take a few seconds, a few minutes or however much time you have to just sit back and reflect and remember the people and all the families and all the people whose lives changed completely on this day, September 11, 2001. And just take a moment and realize just how precious life is, just how precious you being able to text your loved one, you being able to breathe in and out. Just remembering how every day is special and should be treated as such. Speaking of special, y'all got me feeling a little bit nervous today. I have so many new listeners and I'm so appreciative of y'all. And I really, really, really want to send out a big shout out to Germany. Like y'all have been tuning in like never before. And I'm so thankful. So I don't know how to how to keep saying I'm so thankful without saying I'm so thankful. But just shout out to all my new listeners. Keep tuning in each week. As I've said before, it's going to get better and better. I'm still trying to figure out how I want everything to look. But just knowing that you guys are interested in you guys are really listening. It's a big deal. And I also want to shout out to Chicago because you know, y'all have been showing me a lot of love too. And I I'm so appreciative. I'm appreciative for everyone and thankful for every single listener. I always joke about just having five. And even if it was five, I would still be, you know, trying to come up with the best content and still trying to put my best foot forward for you guys. But thank you guys for just making this journey worth my while. And I'm excited to see where true crime goes from this. But bringing it back around to, you know, the actual episode, we are on our second episode of our Missing Mondays. And this time we're highlighting even more cases. I hope you guys are, you know, actually feeling this segment because it's very important for people who look like myself to know that their stories do matter. No updates so far on our first Missing Monday episode, but we are going to continue just manifesting them home. Remember, it only takes one person to break the case. So make sure you head over to our True Crime-ish Instagram to take a look at the photos. Now, let's dive right into it. So Jamal Abdul Farouk disappeared April 16, 1990. At the time, Jamal was seven years old. He was four foot five and weighing approximately 47 pounds. He had black hair, brown eyes, a scar on his right eyebrow and a mole above his left ear. He was last seen wearing a black Batman t-shirt with blue jeans, a red and gray fleece baseball jacket, and white shoes. He disappeared along with his brother Basil, who was just eight years old at the time. They were last seen at their mom's apartment on Clarkson Road in Richmond, Virginia, playing in the yard together. Tambar, the boy's mom, took a nap around 2.30 p.m. that day, and when she woke up, they were gone. She searched everywhere she could think of for about 45 minutes before she finally called the police. Three days later, 
Basil's body was found in a Chesterfield landfill about 10 miles from the family's home. Warning, these details may be a little hard to hear. So if you do have any sensitivity to child deaths, you may want to skip the next 15 seconds. Basil was found bound with duct tape, his mouth gagged, skull fractured, and he had been stabbed in the back twice. There's reason to believe Basil died protecting his brother. Investigators searched the landfill high and low, but Jamal was never found. Authorities received two anonymous tips. One was that Jamal was seen living in Hinesville, Georgia, and another said he had been seen at the Walmart in that same town, but those sightings were never confirmed. His parents, Tambar Ellis and Everett Abdul Farouk, were ruled out as suspects, even though Everett refused to take a polygraph test, which I do just want to add that by no means make him guilty. I just want to let y'all know that he did refuse. Jamal has been missing for 33 years and he would be 44 at this very moment. Head over to our True Crimeish Instagram for age progressed pictures of Jamal. You may have seen him or even know him. Detectives believe there is a strong possibility that Jamal is still alive and the person who took Jamal and Basil will be caught. Contact the Metro Richmond Crime Stoppers at 804-780-1000 if you have any information related to Jamal's disappearance. Our next victim is Brian Kelvin Andrewin. Brian Andrewin, who was 16 years old at the time, left home on July 10th, 1995 to go play basketball with his friends at a park near his home in Chicago, Illinois. And I know not to add the S to it because y'all act real crazy. But he was never seen or heard from again. Brian was five foot eight and around 135 pounds at the time of his disappearance. He has black hair and brown eyes with a small scar on his eyebrow and a birthmark on the right side of his neck. He would be 45 years old by now, and there isn't much information out there concerning Brian's disappearance because police initially ruled him a runaway, which they love to do for some reason. And it really irks my nerve because if I tell you my child is missing, go find my child. Don't tell me my child left on their own free will. But anywho... There wasn't any media attention about Brian until 2003 when CPX changed his case from an endangered runaway to an endangered missing person, as he should have been from the beginning. But the CPD, the Chicago Police Department, provided no reason as to why the case status was changed. Cases like these are the most important because Brian's case went unreported with little details surrounding what happened to him. And if you do have any information, contact the Chicago Police Department at 312-745-6004. Next up, we have Sequoia Cooper. Sequoia Cooper, who was 33 years old at the time of her disappearance, was last seen on August 31st, 2021, leaving her home on the north side of Columbus, Ohio, around 1130 p.m. 
She was just on her way to the store and I find myself making late night runs all the time. And you should be able to leave your house at 1130 p.m., go to the store and come back without, you know, be fearing for your life. But apparently that's not the case since Sequoia has never been seen again. She is 5'5 and around 145 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. She had some all black lemonade braids at the time and was wearing a black and white summer dress and black baby fat sandals. She was driving her 2009 black Ford Fusion, but there is no evidence she ever made it to the store. Sequoia's best friend, Bree Belcher, says she saw a missed call from Sequoia around 3 a.m. that day, but that wasn't unusual since her and Sequoia worked odd hours. Bree said she received a call from Sequoia's partner asking if Sequoia had spent the night, you know, with Bree, but she did not. And after a few more hours of waiting on Sequoia to reach out, she never did. So on September 1st, 2021, Sequoia was reported missing. And a year later, still no one had seen or heard from Sequoia. Police confirmed in October of 2021 that they had found Sequoia's car unoccupied on the west side of Columbus. They processed the car and suspected that Sequoia was a victim of foul play, noting that her car's license plates had been replaced. There was also activity on Sequoia's Facebook account, even though her cell phone was never recovered. The FBI is offering a $10,000 reward if you have any information. Contact the Central Ohio Crime Stoppers tip line at 614-461-8477. Now we have Deja Harrison. Deja Harrison was also another 16-year-old girl at the time she was taken. She was last seen on June 20th, 2023, and is believed to be in extreme danger. She is 5'8 and about 130 pounds with black hair and chestnut-colored eyes. She was wearing a golden nose stub and has a tattoo on the left side of her forehead. Deja was in foster care at the time, and she may be in the area of 122nd Avenue in Southeast Portland, where some of her family members live. There isn't a lot of information on Deja's disappearance, mainly because she was in foster care at the time, but the Oregon Department of Human Services Child Welfare Division is urgently asking if you have any information, contact Grisham Police Department at 503-823-3333. Our next victim is Jared Shadid. Jared Shadid has not been seen or heard from since July 30th, 2023. He was last seen checking into his Airbnb in Seattle, Washington, where he was taking a much needed vacation. Jared is an attorney that is living out his dream working in Washington, D.C. as an immigration attorney. He was last seen walking into his Airbnb, rolling his luggage while carrying his laptop and texting away on his phone. And this is seen via a ring doorbell camera. And the camera also captured him leaving the Airbnb shortly after 
with nothing. And based on records, his phone was also left in the Airbnb as well. Something his cousin said was completely not like Jared at all. If anything, his laptop is always with them since he was, you know, actually working or in the process of writing his book, something that he takes very seriously, according to his cousin. Jared was officially reported missing when he never checked out of his Airbnb and his items were still left in the place. The only lead that the police have had is when Jared's car was located in Los Angeles, California, where it had multiple parking tickets listed, but still no sign of Jared. Shadid has a dragon tattoo on his right calf, a Roman column on the inside of his arm, and a portrait of his mother on his shoulder. He is African-American and Lebanese. He has brown eyes short black hair, and he's around 5'7 in ways, or he was weighing an estimated of 150 pounds at the time. In the Airbnb ring video, Jared was wearing a light blue t-shirt, black shorts, glasses, and carrying a black tote bag. He also has both of his ears pierced and, you know, just, just as overall a real fine looking young man. So if anyone has any information about Shadid's whereabout, please call the Seattle Police Department at 206-625-5011. So y'all, next up is Christina Poole. Christina Poole is another 16-year-old missing female. She has not been seen since September 2nd, 2023. She was last seen waiting for an Uber around 4.30 p.m. in her hometown of Independence, Missouri, but it is still unclear if she ever even made it into the Uber. She was wearing some blue shorts and a tank top at the time of her disappearance, and Christina is of medium complexion, has black shoulder-length hair, brown eyes, wears glasses, and is around five foot four, weighing around 125 pounds. I know that this is not a ton of information to go off of, but with this being so recent, if any of these details sound familiar, or if there's anything you may know about her disappearance, please call the Independence Police Department at 816 816- Three two five seven three zero zero. Our next victim is DeAndre Brown. DeAndre Brown was last seen July 29th, 2005 in Jasper, Alabama. DeAndre was seen driving his sister's car, a 1991 Honda Prelude, around 11 a.m. to go and visit a friend in the Carbon Hill area, but DeAndre sadly never made it. When authorities searched the Carbon Hill neighborhood, they found some of Brown's clothing with his blood on it. Two days after his disappearance, Brown's sister vehicle that, you know, he was driving that day was found near Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama. It had been burned and was completely destroyed. There was no sign of Brown at the scene and foul play is suspected in his disappearance. DeAndre was just 22 at the time and he would be 40 years young today. On the day that he went missing, he was wearing a white t-shirt, Tommy Hilfiger blue denim shorts, 
black leather Birkenstock sandals, a gold nugget bracelet on his left wrist, a gold ring with a yellow stone on his left ring finger, a gold ring with a diamond chip on his right ring finger, a gold watch on his left wrist, and a gold rope necklace. He was six foot one and weighed approximately 210 pounds. He has black hair and brown eyes. Some distinguishing marks that he should still have today include a tattoo of the word Amari in cursive lettering on his right bicep and a tattoo of a cross underneath the phrase God's child on his upper left arm. And one of his back lower teeth is missing as well, if you know any of you guys might find that information beneficial. If you have any clue where DeAndre might be or any tips at all, please call the Jasper Police Department at 205-221-6790. And last but certainly not least, we have Sharon Eugenia Davis. Sharon Davis was last seen on June 13, 2001, after dropping off her daughter at the Dallas area rapid transit parking ride at approximately 7 a.m. Sharon indicated she was going home to get dressed for an appointment, but instead she was never seen again. Her vehicle, described as a 1998 Mercury Villager van, was later found abandoned in a parking lot. When the van was found, it had a broken window and had been wiped clear of all fingerprints. Sharon left all of her possessions in the vehicle behind. Her two children believe that Sharon's husband may know more about her disappearance than he's saying. He maintains that she just left even with the evidence that the police told him he's just like yeah she she probably just left Sharon had filed for divorce two days before she was last seen and foul play is suspected in her disappearance on the day Sharon disappeared she was 5'2 wearing around 112 pounds she had shoulder length black hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing sweatpants and an emerald green pajama top. If you are the one her husband hired to make her disappear, please just come forward. It's been long enough and her family deserves justice. Or if that theory is, you know, like all the way wrong, then, you know, anybody who knows anything, contact the Dallas Police Department at 214 3001. And that's all y'all. That includes our second episode of Missing Monday. I hope that anyone hears anything. If anything sounds familiar, if you tell a friend just some details, just to ask some questions of people that you may know that was in the neighborhood or who was around in that specific year, anything helps. Just saying things to the right person can set off a course of events to change a cold case that, you know, we people thought never could have had a chance. And that's why I'm doing this, because all it takes is the right person to hear the right thing at the right time. And I'm hoping that could be one of us. Don't forget to head to the True crime Instagram to take a look at our Missing Monday subjects. You could be the one to just break the case. As always, stay tuned for updates and let's bring them home, y'all.